morning, Scott. Good morning, Dan, and welcome everyone to episode six of The Bookcase. And we have two new books. So today we will be talking about Bergen and Garfield's, it's, I guess I can read it, Handbook of Psychotherapy Behavior Change. And it's out in its 50th anniversary edition. And I, just for illustration purposes, I've uh, gathered all of the previous editions. I, I, I'm thinking, Dan, that the, the weight here is close to 30 pounds. And in a, in a few years, when the next edition comes out, you you may have to do some working out to be able to, to heft it. <laughs> I say let's start sweating! <laughs> and as strange as it may sound, the companion volume for this dialogue today is a book by Deborah Bloom called Ghost Hunters. And it is about William James and the search for scientific proof of life after death, in particular, his work in the late 19th century with mediums, and one in particular, he investigated many, but Leonora Piper was the one that really moved and impressed him during this particular period. I guess for me anyway, I found her such a compelling character. Yeah. Because she had no I no desire to be in the spotlight. She had no desire to promote herself as somebody with special powers. And yet she had them and she couldn't deny it or couldn't avoid it. And of course, for me, as a psychologist, William James stands out as such an important figure in psychology and largely forgotten in the field, not, not just forgotten, actively suppressed by the so-called experimental psychologists of his time and those that followed. And that is, I'm guessing, be because of his work with psychics, or at least in part because of that. Yes. And as we reviewed in a prior bookcase, that period of time when James was active was a fairly unique time in the history of healthcare. We know that medicine was moving out of the so-called dark ages, was professionalizing, and had decided that a materialism, a focus on cells in our body, and making sure that every illness was tied to some dysfunction that they could measure or see in our bodily systems, was really rising to the top. Right. The, the so-called scientific method, and we, we've talked about it before on previous bookcases where there was kind of the, the turf war between physicians and psychologists over who, who talked about the mind and the brain. And by extrapolation, physicians were adept at somatic issues, specific diagnoses, in the somatic realm, of course, would translate to the to the brain realm. And that's because at that particular period of time, there was a new problem on the horizon. It was maybe the first generation of the leisure class in America, people and families who had money, and they were suffering from a new condition called right. neurosthenia. neurosthenia. And nobody could figure out what it was about. The physicians were certain that it must be some dysregulation in bodily systems, something that would be measurable and visible if they just had the right technology. 
William James, of course, was arguing that maybe this had to do with mind, which is something that not only the physicians didn't believe, but even his own colleagues thought was tantamount to voodoo. I know that we usually try to stay focused on one book before moving to the next, but we chose this book. Yeah. And the chapter that I, I'm reminded of is, is chapter five, which is entitled The Efficacy and Effectiveness of Psychological Therapies. Hmm. And you have at length talked about the research fact that psychotherapy outcomes have not improved in the 45 years since the first meta-analysis was done by Smith and Glass. And I found this fantastic little paragraph on page 142 that says, I think maybe I'll just read it. Mm -hmm. Accordingly, we endorse the conclusion of Lambert 2013 that the psychological therapies are generally efficacious. I guess my question is, is have we improved or not? It are, are, and this isn't a question of whether or not more people are being helped. That's an entirely different and empirically addressable question. But have the overall outcomes of psychological care improved at a rate commensurate with the increase in the number of treatment approaches and claims of improvement? And, and I think emphatically the answer is no. So then where are we? Be Isn't there something you'd like to say? There sure is. Kids. You tried your best, and you failed miserably. The lesson is, never try. Because I think a relevant question for this particular book is, who reads this? If you, if you look at this book, it is hundreds and hundreds of pages of 10-point font in double columns. So it's a, it's a fantastic question, and we've, we've talked about it earlier today, that on Amazon, there's... Uh, of this current edition, there's one review and there's not even any verbiage about it. It's just a, a star review. Yeah. And in terms of sales, it's 1,756 books in psychology. Among all books, it's over 150 plus thousands place. And if I compare that to the medical textbooks, if you take any of the broad specialties in medicine, like internal medicine and surgery, there is a textbook that pretty much everybody knows about and mm. is aware of. But still, I think it's very interesting that we have this highly scientific, highly cited. I mean, there, there's hundreds of pages and thousands of literature citations. Should you read it? Well... There's some pretty strong criticism of our current system where we are, are so focused on methods and treatment modalities rather than looking at something like therapist effects, which is the other chapter that we, chapter nine, that we read out of this book this time. You've mentioned two things now, the overview chapter, chapter five, which looks at all of the research. And, and then the second one is, again, what the one of the original editors, Saul Garfield, a name that's largely forgotten, one time called the neglected variable in psychotherapy. And that's the person of the therapist. Who they are has a significant impact on outcome. Now, going back to B William James, this seems to me to be what 
he was highlighting in the debate between a medical view and a psychological view that in medicine, the treater is considered a nuisance variable. There's a, a specific study that looked at antidepressants. In essence, the antidepressant was more effective related to the alliance that the client mm. had with their therapist. Right? So who they were clearly affected the, the drug that they were prescribing. And how does that relate to Piper? You know, so I, I guess I've been thinking about that. And I, I did have this thought, is there some intangible, is there something that you can't measure that, that happens or, or is it the hundred percent, the, the contribution of all of the, of the different factors to a therapy encounter where you have, have the client and the extra therapeutic factors, which are 80 to 87%, and then the 13 to 20%, and then the, the therapist effects, I think, are like four to nine. Is there some place for the intangible? I mean, is that just subsumed under the client extra therapeutic factors? I guess, I, I guess for me, the question has always been, is there something we could learn? There are other principles in operation mm -hmm. that we should be investigating that might be accounting for phenomena that are the same between these two books. I, I tried to, I, I went back, I looked through the index. I, I knew I couldn't, I wasn't going to find psychic phenomena, but then I went, I tried to find like spirituality and it, it just wasn't there. And I guess I'm reminded of your talk at, at evolution where you, I think you talked about the, the young mother who'd lost a child. They didn't get what they wanted from a therapist and they ended up, I think, going to a, some kind of psychic to, to find out if, if the person was okay in, in the world beyond. Hmm. And, and, and I just thought it kind of made all the sense in the world in terms of, of this book. And it's, it's what our culture is interested in. So, so there may be a little bit of cultural tone deafness relative to material in this book. I will say that this is a very engaging read. And the, the author, Deborah Bloom, has a real talent for writing it almost in, a, in, in the form of a mystery novel. Each step along the way, mm -hmm. you get involved with the central characters mm -hmm. And each chapter reveals something new all the way forward to the end with William James's death, where he was, where his research team was at, et cetera. And I think it's a delightful read. It is. It is. It is an absolutely delightful read. I think it's, I don't know if the word is prescient, but it, uh, it's certainly beginning of the conflict uh, or, or turf war between faith and science maybe uh, maybe persists to, to this day you know that um agreed and i would even say and feel free to disagree dan here that if you read it with the current political polarization in mind it really reveals how we all approach subject matter with our beliefs at the forefront. Yes. Looking for confirmation. Yeah. Rather bias. than being true scientists and saying, what 
in the hell is going on here, which yeah. was what William James. And I would say this book addresses as well. What, what the hell is going on here with mm -hmm. this thing we call psychotherapy? And how would you suggest reading this? Well, I, I would suggest that people find something that's interesting to them and and get started there. Um, Obviously not the kind of book you have to read cover to cover. Mm. I will also say there are some fairly sophisticated statistical discussions in it. And I don't necessarily know how critical it is to worry about, about specific statistics as much as the, as the overall conclusions. As difficult as this book is, I would say it's absolutely essential reading for practitioners if they want to separate the truth from bullshit and blather, which dominates our field. Amen. Very, very, very well said. All right, Dan. Thanks so much. Thank you. Great. <laughs>